Light snow and minus nine in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. One person is dead following a major crash on Highway 1 in Strathmore this morning. Global's Michael King is at the scene with more. Just after four, Strathmore RCMP fire and EMS were all called out to a two-vehicle crash on Highway 1 east of Spruce Drive. A Ford Expedition and a Porsche SUV collided. What led up to the crash is still not known. The Ford Expedition ended up in the south ditch while the Porsche is still in the center median with debris spread all across the highway. A man who was a passenger in the Expedition was pronounced dead at the scene. Three other people, including the driver of the Porsche and the driver and another passenger of the Expedition, were all taken to hospital. Right now, eastbound traffic is being diverted at Spruce Drive. Westbound traffic on Highway 1 is still getting through. The closures are expected to be in place for several hours as RCMP start to figure out what led to this crash. Michael King, Global News. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. Starting to see scattered flurries now in some parts of the city. This is impacting visibility on your road, so be prepared for that. I am currently flying over McLeod Trail drive where it is impacting drivers over here. Meanwhile, Deerfoot, Crowtail, Glenmore Trails, all smooth sailing right now. We are running problem-free, which is good news for you. This is pretty normal for a Sunday morning. Indigo's Ready, Set holiday sale is on now with up to 40% off the season's must-have gifts. Shop in-store and online at indigo.ca. Some exclusions apply. From the 770CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Tay Eason. Four people were injured in three separate stabbings Saturday. The latest happened just before 7.30 last night in the 5200 block of Memorial Drive. EMS say a man in his mid-30s was rushed to hospital in critical, life-threatening condition, suffering from a stab wound. Meanwhile, an 18-year-old was attacked with a hatchet outside the drop-in center at around 7 Saturday night. Police say he was taken to hospital in serious but stable condition. And police say two men were stabbed outside of a Northwest Calgary restaurant just after 2.30 in the afternoon. Officers were called to the 1700 block of 2nd Street Northwest. One man in his 20s was taken to hospital in life-threatening condition, while another man was dropped off at hospital with multiple stab wounds in non-life-threatening condition. No arrests have been made in any of these attacks, and police are on the hunt for suspects. All of the incidents are not related to each other. Wearing masks inside stores has been a fact of life in Calgary since August 1st. But a number of people who don't like that rule went maskless at Chinook Centre on Saturday. A group called Freedom Unity Alliance encouraged people on social media to head to the mall mask-free. Kimberly Calloway, co-organizer of the event at Chinook, says they wanted the event to be peaceful. There's no protest, there's no rally. We just want to show, hey... This is our God-given right to breathe air. We're not sick. If we're sick, we'll stay at home. Calloway says they wanted to show support for those who choose not to wear masks. The 19th Lieutenant Governor of Alberta may be the first Muslim in that role in all of Canada, but that's not what she wants to be known for. Sama Lakani was appointed in August. She says she wants to use her apolitical role to break down divisive barriers and be an inspiration for young Canadians. 
Alberta had a lot of firsts. Like we had the first lieutenant governor of Chinese descent. The first indigenous lieutenant governor came from Alberta. But you know that to say a first is a, is a barrier we have to break down. I hope we, that we don't have to say first. Yes, she got appointed on her own merit and she happens to be Muslim. As the Alberta legislature resumes on Tuesday, Lakani plans to use a feet-on-the-ground approach to represent the Queen, and she says she wants to meet all Albertans to learn their stories. In sports, the Los Angeles Dodgers and Atlanta Braves will meet in Game 7 of their NLCS series later tonight. The Dodgers forced a Game 7 after winning 3-1 last night. Global News Sky Tracker weather mainly cloudy with a 60% chance of flurries today. The wind chill making it feel like minus 16 with a high of minus 6 today. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of plus 1. It's minus 9 at 9.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and it's... uh a little on the chilly side, but still not bad. And uh, still lots of things we can do out in the garden. Um, you probably, and most of your bulbs and everything will still be fine. Um, your dahlia bulbs have probably frozen and then turned black, which is perfect. Now's the time to dig those up, knock off the excessive dirt, let them dry for a few days, and then stick them in a, a cooler or a cardboard box or something put a little bit more of the cocoa moss in there or something like that, peat moss, stick them in a cool, dark corner and uh, leave them for a couple months until sort of March, April, and then bring them back up and replant them out into some pots and get them going again. And uh, still lots of time to plant tulips if, you, if you've bought some and you haven't planted them yet. Uh, still lots of time to do that. Uh, I know we have had... a. A lot of people buying all our bulbs. I think we have a few left, but um, this year was the year. And and it's so hard for most of the garden centers because we, we typically, uh, the bulbs have been a dying commodity. They haven't been a favorite among gardeners for a while. People want more instant gratification and they want to uh, have something show right now. So they have a hard time with the concept of, spending $50 on bulbs and sticking to the ground and have to wait six months for, for something to happen. But uh, that is the case with bulbs for the fall bulbs. Spring bulbs, you get instant gratification. They get grown right, right away, right after you plant them. But uh, with the fall bulbs, yeah, you plant them like daffodils, tulips, and your garlic and things like that. So if you can still find some, um, you still have time. The ground isn't frozen yet. You can still, this is actually a better time because then they just get in there and uh, do their thing. The ground's still a little bit warm down below. So still, and you want to go about six, eight inches down with your tulips and uh, and hopefully you have some uh, beautiful, one thing I will say if you, you are planting fall bulbs, find the sunniest spot in your yard. Like find a nice sunny, warm spot. So they come up nice and early. If you put them in a shadier side and things like that, they come up too late, and then it almost seems they just don't come to fruition. They just don't do that well. So I like to load them up in a sunny, sunny spot, and uh, and then you'll be good to go. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. 
and uh, lots of lots of gardening going on. It's kind of nice. We just got our new uh, expanded our tropical section, and uh, so we have lots of lots of big house plants and and nice things. And we've expanded our Christmas area um, for this coming year with. Just more physical distancing, shopping, and uh, and with Spruce Meadows not happening this year, we've extended. We were going to do try and do an open market, but we just figured it. There's just too many variables to try and organize that, and not knowing what's going to happen in December, so we're going to keep it to ourselves. We got and we've ordered lots of extra different Christmas items, so we'll have our a Christmas market with lots of Christmas items. And uh, one thing I will say to everybody is if you do do a real tree from from us or plantation there on Center Street or wherever you get your, your typical um, Christmas tree, I would suggest you get it early. Don't procrastinate and think, I'm going to wait till mid-December to get a tree. Um, just going to warn you now, we've all been shorted on some of our Christmas trees, on the fresh cut stuff. So you're going to, uh, there will be a bit of a shortage this year. So hopefully uh, everybody gets that. We're trying to circumvent that, try and find some other suppliers. There's just none none available, and the states have bought a bunch up with our dollar being in the tank, and it's cheap for them um, to buy our stuff and uh, send it down there. So, But we're trying and I know the other garden centers are trying as well to to uh, queue up their orders for the for the winter time for the Christmas season. Um, but we will have lots of fresh cut arrangements. And actually, right now, uh, Chris in the greenhouse, who's usually in the tree lot, and she's starting to make the arrangements. She's making live arrangements this year, which we haven't done before. And actually, they work. They're working out really nice. Like they're live cedars, live upright junipers, and then she's decorating them all up really nice with birch branches and burlap. Um, they look phenomenal. So it's a great porch pot that will last, like right now, all the way through Christmas. Unlike the just doing the branches. So um, if you're looking for something for your pot, that's a good idea. If you have some evergreens, you can decorate them up into a pot. But I know Chris is doing a bunch of those for our customers uh, down at Spruce. So if you want to check those out, that would be pretty awesome. And we already got a few people on the lines, a few texts. I'm going to go to Sue. Good morning, Sue. Good morning. Um, I was calling. Uh, I've got my potatoes, okay. and we usually use someone's root cellar. Yeah. And um, I normally just dump them into the bin yeah. in there. But this year I'd got some um, apple boxes, and I thought, well, that's an easy way to carry them down. Yeah. Could I leave them in the apple boxes, or would it be best to pour them into the, the bin? I don't see why, because the apple box have the holes in them and stuff so they can breathe. I, I think you'll be fine with that. And if you if you happen to have some of the the layers of the of the cardboard that come with them, yes. that that's even better. I, I read that actually a couple of weeks ago somewhere. That, oh. that really helps to keep like the airflow. in between. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they didn't give me those. I had a few, so I'd left the ones in the yes, bottom. Yes, but you could also use like even if you had uh, like, yeah, thin cardboard or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, just oh. that real flimsy cardboard or sort of like a craft paper or something like that. Yeah, because like these are the ones where the 
the whole box kind of goes right over top again, you know? Yeah, which so is nice. Yeah. So yeah and as long as they have the breathe, like the holes in the side and that, so okay. I, I think you're, you're on the right track there. That should be totally fine. Great. Okay, thanks very much. All right. How, how were your crops this year? Oh, good Lord, I can't believe how many we got. And they're so big, and they're not even hollow. You know, sometimes those <laughs> yeah. great big ones. Yeah. But, so what 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 do you do like what's your secret because I know we, we get a lot of people and I've known I've heard a lot of people haven't had that great luck with potatoes so maybe tell us what your little secret is or how you go about planting well we do like you have always said like never plant in the same spot yeah. every year so you know I will go back and far forth in the garden like we live east of uh, Alderside you yeah. know and and my husband from time to time puts a bit of well not just manure, but like the decayed, you know, the the stuff that we've sat for years, you know, he'll spread some of that on the garden, work it in a bit. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we we don't usually have too much trouble. Now, this awesome. year, on some of my netted gems, I don't know why, but like one hill, some of them would have grown all together. Yeah. Like, and I don't know what does that, because the next hill would be perfect. You know, and like sometimes 15 or 16, like good sized potatoes in one hill and these great big things like that's the, um, I think they were Viking maybe, Okay. the red ones, but they are just huge, like almost as big as my head, some of them. (laughs) Like I can't believe it. The one pot potatoes, right? Yeah, they certainly are. Awesome. So, uh, well, that's good. So you rotate, but you're not, and that's the key to it. I think with potatoes, people try to do too much to the soil. Right. And if you get... The alkaline and the pH up too high, they get scabby and stuff. So yes, the, I had a few on some of the the seed that I had kept over. Yeah. Now I don't know why that is, but sometimes that does happen. Yeah. But I mean, you just peel them a little thicker, and and yeah. I always heal them quite well too. Um, I That's don't, the key, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, my dad always said to do that, and. I know I that's how my mom and dad, like, I just remember, they, they, we didn't do a lot. My dad would bring in some mushroom manure, a couple things. He'd rototill it. My right. mom would always throw it, all the scraps out into the garden. And we always had, all, like, always every year, all, everything was perfect almost, right? Yeah. And yeah. it just seems nowadays, everyone, we, I think we try to do too much. I think so, too. Maybe overthink things and, you know, put too much. Yeah, and you're adding yeah. something every week. And, yeah, that's... And, that's- because yeah. I've never seen so many problems with veggies and things like that. And it's just, because uh, yeah. I just think, God, my mom never did it. <laughs> we always had like pots of peas oh. and Swiss chard and beans and yeah. like, carrots and yeah, blah, blah, blah. That's Anything. right. So. And, and this year, too, carrots, like some of them are so huge, like, uh, you know, like they're as oh, round nice. as a pop or, you know, pop Have you can. harvested everything out or have you left some in the ground? The only thing I left in, so it was just the beets because I thought it was going to get too cold. Yeah. Normally, even the carrots I'll leave longer because they sweeten up yeah. more. But I did I did get them in just in case. Nice. But the beets, they, they can take quite a bit of frost. Absolutely. They're still fine. Do you get out there, do you get those leaf miners coming through your beet leaves and stuff? Not too often, no. Okay, and that was something too. Like we never ever had that as a kid, because um, no. I've been in the garden center business my whole life. I worked part time through high school and all that, like right. at Sunnyside. So I've kind of been around bugs and plants, and and I, I've never noticed. But I, I, it's amazing how those have come into our area, and they just attack like the Swiss chard and the beet leaves and right. th- things there like that. Something that attacked the um, um. What's that planted? Everybody's eating the. Uh, 
Evan. Kale? Yes, the kale. <laughs> yep. Now something attacked them and there was holes in them, but they didn't it didn't go to the chard and it didn't they didn't go to my beets. Oh nice. So whether that was something different, but I mean it was still not that bad. I could still pick a lot of it off anyways. Okay. Awesome. And Are one, you... could I ask one more question about sure. the root cellar? Um, this is one that I haven't used a lot. The fella just let me use it, and it's got two pipes going up, and you know, like they're open. Yeah. And he said that they always just leave them open all the time because I wondered if I'd have to, you know, close them off if it got real cold. I would say to leave them open as well. Yeah, um, if it can't get because it just circulates the air. Otherwise, you get too much of that gas going on down yeah. there. And that's, I guess, what, yeah. yeah and those I just things never need to breathe. That. If it's totally sealed up. Um, then it get condensation. Yeah, and, and also there's some gases and stuff that can produce when you have too much organic matter down below. So. Right. Okay. Yep. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah, let it breathe. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Susan. Yep. Thanks for sharing. Thanks. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Yeah, always good to hear how people have successes and, uh, and different things down here. So I'm going, yeah. Actually, that's a good idea. I'm going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll hit the phone lines. I've got a few texts to do. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on, Gardening, Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And uh, had a chat with Santa... Um, this week, and we are going to be doing our Santa and reindeer event. Um, we're, I haven't got the exact date set yet, but we're going to do the two weekends again, I believe, and uh, and have that going. We've got a few things figured out with Santa to do the physical distancing. We're going to have some fun with the pictures. So um, Santa is on board uh, down at Spruce It Up with uh, with his reindeer. And uh, I think last year we had about eight or nine of them down there. He had brought the full crew down with him. So we will look forward to that day. And uh, it'll always be a challenge, but that's what makes things fun. And we, we'll, uh, we'll get it figured out. And I got a text here. What causes the browning? And is there anything to do? And from Wyona, she sent me a picture of her palm tree. Um, a lot of times when you're getting browning like that, it's just gone through and possibly uh, a little bit of salt buildup as well. I don't know if the pot has a drainage hole. Um, some of those palms, if they if they get in there too long, and depends what you're watering, if you have a soft water thing in your house or depends what you're using to water, um, they can get a salt bill up. So you need to every so often is flush your house plants out is, is get them into a sink or into a bathtub or the shower and just flush them through really good and try if you can get without your salt water and give them a really good um, shot that way. Or it could have gotten dried out. And also at this time of year, check for spider mites. This, this, this doesn't look like spider mites because there's lots of brownness it just looks like a bit of salt buildup or it could have ran a little bit dry. I would cut those really bad leaves off because your plant is using all that energy trying to restore them. And once they go brown, they're not going to come back like that. So if the leaves are brown, just just cut them off. It'll send out new ones because right now, like I said, it's wasting all that energy trying to fix those old leaves. So um, just go through and cut them off. 
Um, I do it every time I walk through the greenhouse. If I don't come out with a handful of leaves, um, usually something's wrong. But I know the girls, they see me walk through there and I'm always just deadheading or grabbing a leaf or pulling one off. And it's, um, it's what needs to be done in, with, your, with your plants. They, they will, like I said, they'll try to fight with that to try and revive their old leaves. So it's just, uh, it helps them get through it a little bit easier and, uh, and go from there. I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Joyce. Good morning, Joyce. Hi, Merle. Hi thank there. How can I help you? Thank you for taking my call. Of course. We were away and came back in the middle of September. There's these mounds of dirt on our walkway. Yeah. Beside the garden. Mm-hmm. And I think they may be moles, and we're wondering what we can do. Um. Do you see any kind of holes? And these are just yes. the piles, piles yes, of small, about the size of a, a loony, a small hole yeah. on the top of the mound. Yeah, and that's what they are. They're, they're the moles. You can. There is some mole traps you can get. Um, you can also use mouse poison. But oh. also, one thing they don't like is if in those areas, if you're just mowing your grass a little more often, and if you've been away, you maybe weren't mowing as often. Because if you're mowing consistently, they tend to stay away because they don't like getting their heads chopped off either, right? So. Well, do you know, Merle, they're not in the lawn. Oh, really? Just the garden. Just the garden and the really? walkway. They're mounds of earth on the close to the concrete walkway. Huh. <laughs> on, the, on the concrete. Yeah, on the concrete. Huh. So they've dug right through or underneath or whatever. <laughs> you think, hey, you have all that space to go. <laughs> you go. I know. Our lawn is free of them so, so far. Okay, well, that, that's good. Usually they love coming up in the lawn um, and, and in those areas, and uh, but a lot of times they won't go. I very rarely see them right in gardens, but you can use, like, there's, um, there's little... Uh, bait traps you can use or similar to a, a even like a mouse trap you can put down the hole okay. like a, like a vole trap right and right. you can use those and see if there there's like there's some bigger ones that are the voles i believe are the bigger ones and then the moles are the the tinier ones so they look a little bit more like a mouse okay and as you mentioned mouse boys poisoning yeah. also yeah, and that works quite well. I just put it around the perimeter, and they, they're a sealed unit, so you don't have to worry about other animals getting them and uh, and things like that. And another thing is just if you see those hills, just go in with a shovel and just turn them over. Yes, we've done that. Yeah, and that just deters them. Like they, they, they kind of go, hey, this is no fun here. These guys keep <laughs> digging around me. So uh, it's always nice if you can find a, a, a nicer way to get rid of them, but sometimes yeah. there's only certain things you can do, so... Well, do they leave? Do, I mean, is there a chance in the spring they might leave us? Yeah, and absolutely. And it's probably, if they weren't there earlier on, because you're probably watering the garden and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they don't like it wet. But and if you've been gone for a bit, it's probably dried out. So they're, they're coming up looking for something too, right? So, okay. So the chances but, are they'll probably just, if, you, if they weren't around when you guys are in the garden being busy, they'll probably tend to go away again. Good. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, Joyce. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Boom. Light snow and minus nine in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. 
One person is dead following a collision on Highway 1 in Strathmore this morning. Two others were rushed to hospital. RCMP say they expect to be on scene for several hours. Calgary police are looking into a string of stabbings that happened Saturday. Four people were injured in three separate attacks. No arrests have been made and police are on the hunt for suspects. Lowe's Canada is encouraging customers who recently shopped at its Cross Iron Mills location to watch for symptoms after employees tested positive for COVID-19. And a statement says two employees tested positive and they encouraged customers who visited the store on October 5th or 6th or between October 8th to the 11th to monitor for symptoms. Global News Sky Tracker weather mainly cloudy today with a chance of flurries, a high of minus 6. It's minus nine. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I had a couple of people asking too about leaves on the lawn. Um, I like to just either rake them off and then put them into the shrub beds. Um, they're great for covering up your for your shrubs and your tender perennials and different things. And they make great um, houses for for ladybugs and all the beneficial bugs that are in our lawn, in our backyards and things like that. So it gives them a place to hide out for winter. So uh, if, if you can just, uh, you know, if you have great big poplars in the, and they're six feet deep, you don't need that much. But definitely if you if you have a bunch of leaves in your yard, just um, either go over with the mower and, and spray them into the, into the shrub beds or or rake them into the shrub beds and uh, that's a great way to uh, to help your plants and create some uh, protection keeps the moisture in over the winter time things like that as we don't know so far we've had a little bit of moisture here which is nice going into fall before freeze up which definitely helps so hopefully we get a little bit more here and there i want a little bit more um nice weather as we got some projects we got to finish up so um trying to be a little selfish like that but want to get a few things done as i'm sure everybody else does as well so let's go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with lynn good morning lynn hi hi there how can i help you uh, well, I've got a few winterizing questions. Um, firstly, I was working diligently at, at fertilizing the trees and watering them in. Yep. And with this cold weather, should I continue with that or is it too late? Um, no, you can still continue on. Uh, we're going to get some days plus in the pluses here. So it, the ground still isn't frozen. So it's still great to uh, fertilize all your trees and, and give them uh, watered in for the wintertime. And uh, and you can go usually up until beginning of November, which is great, just to give them a few, just to get them frozen in. Cause it, it, it was so dry. Like we had no no moisture at all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I've been working and all of a sudden this hit and it's like, holy, I haven't done what I'm supposed to do yet. <laughs> no, exactly. Which is tough. Now, another question on um, putting uh, putting perennials to bed for the winter peonies. You cut them right down and cover them or what no, do you recommend? Um, I like just to let them die back. I leave most of the foliage on all my perennials. Is okay. My rule of thumb is this is the time of year you can procrastinate in your garden. If there's long and there, if it's everywhere and it's, you can take some of it off. But it's just nice to let Mother Nature do its thing, let it die back, because your your like your daylilies that your Stella doors and different ones they die back a certain way. And Mother Nature knows how they like to be protected. And same with the peonies, right. like that dies back over top of them. And a lot of that is is in design, right? Because it, it'll okay. catch snow, it'll help. Uh, protect it that way so when those peony branches fold over 
And when it does snow, it gets stuck underneath there, which is which is great for those. And also, like I said, lots of beneficial bugs. So, ah, okay. And That's then easy. next in the spring, you just I just wait till I start seeing green. Like I don't get out there before I start seeing green popping up. Yeah. And, and then at that time, then I start removing all the debris and things like that. Okay, and then the, the leaves obviously will be dead and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Then you start throwing back. Yep, absolutely. And then you'll see when your roses. And you're like, if you have hydrangeas in your yard, you'll see what they're doing. The Annabelles, you cut them right down to the ground. But if you have the the quick fires and things like that, you'll just look for where the green sprouts are kicking out, and then you prune them just above that. So, okay, so you do in in the winter or fall cut down the the hydrangeas. Um, no, again, I no, like to, I leave them till spring as well. Okay, hey, that's easy. Because no, and that's what I say. Like it's sort of in Calgary, it's so different than all the literature we read everywhere, right? Like if right. in Vancouver they tidy up the garden, they do all this stuff. Um, I, I'm a fairly big proponent of in the fall we can procrastinate water in, um, give them all a shot of fertilizer so it's just sitting in there ready to go, creating the sugars, and then next spring the food's ready for them to take off. And, uh, and 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 grow like crazy, and and but they can protect it over the winter time. If you clean everything up, it just makes everything wide open, right? All the bulb, all uh, the roots, everything's wide open for the plants to to freeze up. Gotcha. And and let's face it, like it's like we got October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. Like we certainly got seven, eight months of the year were like this. So it's a long time, so they need that protection. To yeah, stop. okay. Well, it's, easy. Sometimes we don't realize also. it, right? So, so you leave the strawberries? Absolutely, yeah, all that stuff. Just And mulch them over at all? Yeah, or just yeah you, can, you can definitely mulch them over. And I like to use like a, a really nice garden mulch. Um, you can use like even a sea soil or a greened up soil enhancer or the three-in-one. Um, just to, rather than straw, I'm not a big fan of the straw because yeah. I, I get that from my leaves and the and the perennial leaves and things like that. Because this that straw is such a pain to clean up in the yeah. spring. And I if I if I'm going to put mulch in, I'm hoping that it's going to benefit me. So what I put in now, I can just mix in the soil in the spring, and then I've sort of I've done two things. I've I've protected my perennials and things like that over the over the winter, but I'm also amending the soil and I just so I just worked that into the soil in the spring. So you, you got nice soil in the spring and then you're good to go. Great. Okay. Well thank you for your help. All right. Thank you for listening. Talk you to bet. you soon. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye bye. Yeah, it's Calgary's a different place. Like it's one of those areas like that is a little tougher on the gardening than and we don't follow all the rules that we see um in a lot of the books and different things and but horticulture is one of those things you'll you'll get 10 different stories you know i always refer to that uh, the one guy has a radio show in seattle he uses coca-cola on everything and i'm trying to remember his name right now but he if you go seattle gardener i'm sure it'll come up if you google him and he his one of his favorite things in the garden is coca-cola he sprays it on everything so uh who knows what what's going on there um actually i should probably take a break gord absolutely and uh, so we'll take a break we'll be right back phone lines are wide open we have some spots for you 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770 you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 ch
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines. We're going to chat with Gord. Good morning, Gordon. Good morning, Merle. How are you I doing? Think, no, not too bad. I think I'm going to be on Santa's permanent uh, naughty list with, with my question. <laughs> All right, let's see. Okay. Uh, talking about bulbs, when you put them in, do you turn them to the right or to the left? <laughs> Always, always to the right in my world, but <laughs> no, no liberal ones here, eh? Uh. Okay, the other question I have, I just made your day, right? Yeah, Gord's, Gord's shaking his head on the other side of the window. <laughs> he goes, how can we get political on those tulips bulbs, eh? No kidding. Uh, too funny. Okay, um, you know, I've... I've uh, been the last few years having uh, hens and chicks and yeah absolutely yep um last weekend i uh repotted two of my pots and i have the hens and chicks in the middle and succulents uh, surrounding them yep. on the perimeter now the, for some reason the succulents survive but the hens and chicks uh, some of them uh, die. I, uh, now what's the now what gives? Yeah, that's unusual because usually those are pretty bulletproof. I I yeah. know uh, a good friend of mine, Anita. Um, she just sent me some pictures of her succulents. She she's um, brought them in from. We do her pots for her, and then she brought them inside. And into her, her uh, into the house and repotted them with the fire sticks, the big paddle ones, and the hens and chicks, and a few different succulents. It's it's pretty unusual for a hen and chick to die, so I'm not too sure what what happened there. Yeah, um, because because the only problem I have is I only have east exposure. I live uh, in a condo and I only have east Yeah, that exposure. isn't bad because I know I know even in the she always had them on the east side of her house and they did quite well. Um, but they do like in the winter time. They do like a bit more light. The only thing is, did they get maybe too wet in the in the east side? I don't know. Yeah, that would like I said, it's pretty unusual. Like they can go. Um, but one thing I'm I'm struggling with in the greenhouse and uh, with anybody, um, just sometimes succulents get ran too dry as well. Yeah. So. Um, if it was too wet, you would know they would just rot, yeah. and you would know yeah. that you got them too wet, and you'd have fungus gnats everywhere and things yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure, Gordon. I'm not too sure what happened there. So, yeah, okay. Well, I'll see what happens. This There's whole lots of those available, so you can always add to a new one of those if you need to. Yeah. Well, let's hope I I can uh, nurse them through the, this beautiful winter we're going to have. Absolutely. And good luck with those bulbs. And good thing you turned them right. And and the next question. Are these 60 or 100 watt bulbs? <laughs> All righty. Thanks, Gord. All righty. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Always uh, always interesting chats with Gordon, and uh, I enjoy that. All right, let's go to Jerry. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, I got a sweet potato that was in my pantry on a shelf. Yep. And it started to sprout. Awesome. What can I do with it? <laughs> well, you can plant it into a big pot. Would you plant it that way, or would you put it in water for a while? No, I, I would plant it into a pot. 
All right. Yeah, uh, no, that's just take. It's like a seed potato. It's just like getting slips. Like uh, okay, and you wouldn't need to put the whole one in there. No, I would just cut off a section of it, like the one where the sprout is, and and yeah. bury it similar, like a like a seed potato. Okay. I'd probably go into a six or eight inch pot to start with. Okay. And then if all goes well, you can transplant it into like a five-gallon pot, and then hopefully you'll get a few sweet potatoes in the bottom of it. Oh, okay. My mother used to grow the sweet potato vine. Yeah. No, yeah. we have lots of that. Okay. Um, but it's, I know we took a bunch of cuttings. Um, one of our growers that we work with um, uh-huh. did a custom grow for us, and we did a whole bunch of slips of the sweet potato, okay. the fruit, or the, the veggie, uh-huh. and uh, and they worked out really well. So Okay, very good. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Yeah, Thanks, yeah, Sherry. You too. Bye-bye. All right. And, and I'm going to go to Good Run. Good morning, Good Run. Good morning. How can I help you? Uh, for one thing, I like your show every Sunday. Thank you for listening. I'm glad you're listening. Yes, I try. And I have orchids since April. Yeah. I don't know what to do with them now. They got, those are the ones you feed with uh, ice cubes. Yep. And they are in the pot, but there is a liner inside, a plastic liner. Yep. And one is still blooming. It has still eight, six flowers on there. Oh, nice. Yeah, and the, the small ones, those are the, one is a mini and one is a bigger one. And anyways, I got four of them. Oh, All nice. Now, what do I do? Do I cut those roots off? The no, coming uh, only out? if they get hanging out of the pot and stuff like that, you can cut them off. You can cut off some old ones for sure. But uh, And don't cut the stem off where the bloom is. Like when they're done blooming, don't cut that off either. I did at one. Yeah, I know. You don't cut them off. So on the other ones, just leave them and they'll die back about, you'll see three or four inches that'll turn brown on the mm-hmm. tip and then just cut it there and it'll send out new blooms from the stalk, from yeah, that I, root, from the flower stem. Yeah, that's what I did when they were brown. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and do I have to repot them? Um, you definitely could, because um, I like putting two or three in a pot, like get a bigger orchid pot and, mm-hmm. and a bag of orchid bark, and then plant three or four of them or two or three into a one pot, because then yeah. they, you'll tend to get blooms kind of, because they'll bloom at different times, so a lot of times you'll get blooms coming out of your orchid at any one time. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got two mini ones and one medium and one larger one. Yeah. So I can put the three. Yeah, you can put the two two together or you could mix them up or you can get one smaller pot and put your two minis together and then put the other ones together as well. Yeah, that's too many sitting around. Uh, what, uh, what kind of soil do I need? It, it's called orchid bark, orchid soil. It's So it's it's just like uh, orchid, it's barks, like mm-hmm. chips of bark, yeah. and there's a little bit of medium mixed in there with it. And, and you have it at your store? Yes, we do, and we have a nice selection of orchid pots as well, and you oh. want the ones that are, that they have the holes in the side. Okay, I will be there. Awesome. I hope I get to see you. Okay, thank right. you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to the phone lines, and I'm going to chat with Amanda. Good morning, Amanda. 
Hi, Meryl. How are you? Good, good. How can uh, I help you? So I have a couple of Russian cherry trees in my yard, and I noticed uh, early on in the spring, just as uh, everything was going to bud, that we had some black knot. I didn't know what it was before that, and so I didn't realize it was a problem last year. Um, okay, are I'm, these the Schubert choke cherries, the ones that turn purple? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and so I'm wondering, um, so the leaves in uh, for any of our trees haven't dropped yet because... We seem to have watered, I think, later than most of the others on the street. No, and Schubert's tend to leave their, their leaves on longer, that willows. There's a few that lilacs. And we just haven't had the cold weather, so it's been kind of nice this year. So, All right. Well, it's nice to look at, but I'm wondering when I'm going to be able to, or when it's safe to book um, to have pruning come and uh, take care of the black knot. Um, you can book that anytime. So you mm-hmm. can, if you want to give Mark a shout uh, down at Prune It Up, he'd be more than happy to... Uh, to get you booked in and uh, and get that looked after for you. Wonderful. Well, I will do that. Awesome. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you very much. All Have right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Let's go to Kim. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. I'm just going to find out um, what you ex- ex- what we should um, anticipate for next year for all those trees and shrubs and plants that had a certain season because they had a delayed start and now they perhaps still have green leaves that are frozen yeah no and and most of that is is going to be fine um the best thing is we haven't had that really um death any cold what, what really did our plants in last year is when we had that minus 17 minus 15 in september mm-hmm. and they were all still full of water and life and then they just get freeze dried and it sort of it expands the tissue in the in the branches and it breaks the tissue almost because they just get frozen solid mm-hmm. and then the ice expands and splits the trees almost okay so this year i i think we're going to be great um just water them in well um, it, I on this feels like a, a great fall, and I, I really hope that uh, it uh, helps our our tree canopy over Calgary. Um, but one thing people can do, I'm still seeing lots and lots of dry trees, and if you have the odd city tree, get out, give it a shot of water, help it out. But yeah, I, I think I think we're looking good. And if you have anything new planted, stuff is just ensure you water it in well, and then it should be fine. City trees. I've got one in front of my house that's got that. It's a it's got birch leaf miner. Yeah. Is there anything I can do to kind of help it along? Or um, Rage Plus and water. Oh, okay. So there's nothing to treat the bugs. Well, you you can you can get it injected in the spring. Oh, I don't want to do that to a city tree. Yeah, but that's really they've taken away. But it's amazing a well fed tree and watered becomes a lot stronger, and the bugs um, tend to stay away. It just and it it can combat the bugs a lot better if it's fed, and uh, is so. There, is there anything like around the base of the tree or anything I could do to discourage? Well, there's the tangle foot paste you can do that that catches it. Um, pure spray green. Um, there's at a certain time when they're when they're going up up the tree, you can spray them with pure spray green and oh. spray around. It's just just after they leaf out is sort of when the the birch leaf miner is flying and then it uh, it goes up and then it turns into like a little uh, uh i guess what what you call it, like a little maggot little thing <laughs> that is the miner that goes in there and eats eats its way through the leaf right okay then thanks a lot take care yep, yep. bye bye and where are we at we can go down to john good morning john hey merrill hey how are you i'm fine enjoy your show thank you 
Anyway, it might be too late to ask this question, but I live out in the country uh, past Bear's Paw, yep. and we have hundreds of poplar trees around our yard. Yep. And you can imagine the leaves and on, on our grass. Yes. And, uh, you know, three or four inches deep. But anyway, I was wondering, is it okay to leave those leaves there? Or it's are they better kill if you the grass can. In the spring? It, it does if it's on real heavy and depends what kind of snow cover we get. It, it can definitely do more harm than good. So what what I would do is just raise the the mower blade on your on your mower, if yeah. you, if you could, and then just run over them and try and blow them off onto the sides or something like that somewhere or off the main lawn area. Yeah, I have been raking the real thick part. Yeah. thinking I better get that off for sure. So I do have about 10 piles of leaves out here, but I just wondered if I, some people have said, you know, it's kind of a blanket over your grass, so it kind of protects it, it but. It, it does in a small layer, so you just don't want it too um, too heavy because then you get a lot of snow mold and rot. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's so, what I was scared of. Yeah, well, especially when you got tons of, like, too much is too, is not good. Yeah, well, <laughs> we have definitely too much. Yeah. So and one other little question. Yeah. Uh, I have a small garden, and I've had great peas and potatoes have been great, but my radishes this year, the, the tops grew about two feet tall, and I had radishes the size of a pea. Yeah, probably a little bit too much nitrogen in there. Is that right? Is yeah, there in, I in can that put area, in there? Um, you can just do more of the middle number. Like, just you can put some phosphate into your into okay. the soil. Okay. Yeah, like even like a zero ten ten something like that. Oh, okay. We'll try that. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, and I really appreciate your show. Thank yeah, you. No, my pleasure. Thanks, okay. Sean. Yep. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. Always good to always good to hear from uh, listeners like that. And we're going to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's talk gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Light snow and minus nine in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's ten o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. One person is dead following a serious collision on Highway 1 in Strathmore this morning. Police say two SUVs, a Ford Expedition and a Porsche, collided. The female driver and a male passenger of the Expedition, as well as a male driver of the Porsche, have been transported to hospital. There is currently no word on their condition. Meanwhile, a male passenger of the Expedition was declared dead at the scene. Strathmore RCMP say they expect to be on scene for several hours. Calgary police are appealing to the public for anyone that may have dash cam footage or may have seen any suspicious activity in the area of 84th Street and McKnight Boulevard Northeast between 8 and 9 Friday evening to come forward. The call is related to a deadly shooting in our city after a man in his early 20s was dropped off at the Peter Lougheed Center with a gunshot wound Friday night. Investigators are still looking for suspects and the person who dropped off the victim. Pipelines, policy, and the pandemic were all topics of discussion on day two of the United Conservative Party's annual general meeting Saturday. As Global's David Bowles reports, the man leading the party had a lot to say on all of those matters. Day two of the UCP AGM saw Premier Jason Kenney field questions from party membership. And when asked about doctor compensation, Kenney says, well, doctors do deserve to be fairly compensated for their work. Alberta is in a fiscal crisis right now, partly due to COVID-19. Kenney also says Alberta's economy is struggling and Ottawa 
could help with that. There are electricity plants here who need longer pipelines that are under federal regulatory authority. They fear they may have to wait four years. Uh, so I've said to Justin Trudeau, you want us to reduce emissions. We've got these companies making a capital investment to move to natural gas, reducing emissions, but you won't approve their pipelines. Kenny says the UCP has worked to form national alliances to support the province's fight against policies it views as harmful, such as the carbon tax and bills C-48 and C-69. David Bowles, Global News, Edmonton. Lowe's Canada is encouraging customers who recently shopped at its store just outside of Cross Iron Mills to take appropriate action after two employees tested positive for COVID-19. The home improvement giant says they were informed of the cases at the store located outside of Cross Iron Mills on October 12th and the 16th. The first associate last worked at the business on September 30th and the second had their last shift on October 11th. Lowe's says customers who shopped at the location between the 5th and 6th or between October 8th and 11th should take necessary precautions. Officials say the store was closed and disinfected on two separate occasions. The Canada Revenue Agency's main portals are down for the whole weekend, causing headaches for Canadians already struggling to sort out benefits during the pandemic. Global's Abigail Beeman reports. The Canada Revenue Agency's My Account portal, as well as automated phone line, are down the entire weekend for routine maintenance. While many Canadians are already having problems applying for the new Canada Recovery Benefit, which only launched on Monday. The CRA won't comment on the timing of this outage, but it tells Global News that only on Thursday did it launch a new process to share applicant information daily with the other government department that handles employment insurance. And the CRA says anyone who received the specific error code 026 should reapply on Monday. Abigail Beeman, Global News. The chief of the Sabe Ganagandi First Nation wants Ottawa to send in the military to contain escalating violence in southwestern Nova Scotia. Public Safety Minister Bill Blair has approved the deployment of more RCMP officers following Friday night's suspicious fire that destroyed a lobster pound in Middle West Pubnico. It's the latest violent incident in an escalating crisis over Indigenous fishing treaty rights. In sports, the Tampa Bay Rays are off to the World Series. Rays pitcher Charlie Morton pitched five and two-thirds of an inning en route to a 4-2 victory over the Houston Astros in Game 7 of the ALCS. The Rays will be in the World Series for the first time since 2008. Global News Sky Tracker weather mainly cloudy today with a 60% chance of flurries. We're expecting between 1 and 3 centimeters of snow. Wind up to 15 kilometers per hour with a high of minus 6. The wind chill making it feel like minus 15. Mainly cloudy with a chance of flurries tonight. A low of minus 10. A mix of sun and cloud tomorrow and plus 1. It's minus 9 at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Got a couple texts I'm going to read off. Good morning. I have a canna lily in a pot. When I cut the head off, the dead head off, um, there are two sprouts just coming out of the soil. Can I water and let grow all winter or cut off the growth and dig up and dry the bulbs? Um, for the most part, I would dig them up and just let them dry, go dormant, and then just store them for winter time because they're going to get going. You could try and grow them as a house plant um, if you like, but typically they will store for the winter and uh, and go dormant, and then you can uh, 
uh, replant them again sort of in that uh, March, April time. If you want them a little bit bigger, which is really nice. If you want those nice big, big ones, you can plant them a little bit earlier and uh, and get that going for sure. All right. And I've had a couple sod questions as well. Sod question. I laid sod one and a half weeks ago. Will it be okay and start growing in spring? Absolutely. Sod is... Uh, it's green at this time of year. It's not going to root in a whole lot, but we're still going to get a little bit of decent weather. Um, just ensure that it doesn't dry, dry out, but don't make it too mucky for yourself either. Um, but it'll be fine next spring. It'll come up. Just fertilize really well with the 16326, which is our greened up lawn fertilizer, which the middle number will help get those roots going and uh, get it ready for spring. And uh, And you should... Have no issues at all. We we're still we laid some sod last week as well. We're still we're still going, and we still have a little bit of sod to lay in the coming weeks ahead. So, and I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Ron. Good morning, Ron. Good morning. How can Thanks I help for you? Taking my call. Of course. Um, a few years ago, I decided I was going to try some raspberries, so I bought a raspberry plant, put it in the ground, and it took a while and the next year I bought a couple more plants from two different sources and and this year they've all taken off really well so lots of canes that are six feet tall and and so on the last plant that I put in has canes that are probably approaching 12 to 15 feet long holy sort of a viney thing yeah I wonder if that I don't know what species it might be if it's obviously a different species yeah but what can I do with those they, I would just up. cut them in half right now. Like I would cut them down to like six feet. Okay, I'm just I leave them for winter. And we still like over the winter. If they if you've had them in for a couple of years, when you're looking at your canes, you'll see ones that are kind of gray and ones that are new. You can remove a lot of the old wood, like the gray canes. Yeah, so I was going to wait till the leaves come off. Yeah, so, so you can see get in there. Absolutely. Yep. No, and that's perfect. And that can wait till spring as well. The, the Absolutely. Pruning. Yeah, it, it's good to do it before they get going so it doesn't waste any of its energy pushing up into all those canes. Yeah. So so if you do it when they're really dormant is best, like early, like even like now you can do it or or early, early spring is great or throughout the winter as well. So next year, if these canes start taking off, just keep pruning them back? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd be interested to see what they're, did you get any fruit on those big ones? Uh, no, they're they're just new canes this year, so there'll be fruit next yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, so maybe, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do where they where they branch out from if it's right from the bottom. But that's that's huge. I've, I haven't really seen a lot of those. That uh, did the all the ones that you planted from that variety all do that like twelve feet high. Just that one one plant. It, you uh, only so bought one, or uh, well, I've only got three plants, and they're, oh, okay. Uh, I'm not sure if they're, I don't think they're the same variety. So. Yeah, I know that this seems weird that it went really that, unless it is bolted for some reason. But, um, yeah, no, I'm curious to see what it does. So I, I would just take some of that off, but let it leave it alone, and you'll see what it'll do next spring where it, where it leaves out from. Okay, thank you very much. All right, take care. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, bye. bye. All right, where are we at for time? I'm good for a bit. I'm going to go to Kara. Good morning, Kara. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Good, good. How can I help you? Good. 
good. Um, I have ordered some garlic. So uh, this year will be our third planting of garlic, and we've had some really good luck with it. Yeah. Um, but the garlic that I've ordered hasn't come in yet. I'm expecting it'll be in this week, or at least I'm hoping. Yeah. So some of the garlic that I planted and harvested this year I'm going to use. Um, and But the stuff that I'm waiting for, is it, like, what is too late to um, uh, plant garlic? When you can't dig into the ground. Okay. So it's not like it has to start rooting. It just has no. to be like sitting in there. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So even if you want to pre-drill your holes and have a bucket of soil um, ready to go, you could thaw that soil out and have it in a bucket um, okay. just sitting in the garage or something like that, if you like. And okay. and then when it, when they if they are going to be long, if they but we're, it still looks good. We're supposed to have some decent weather in the next couple of weeks. So. Okay, it's perfect. not nope, crazy yet, so let's uh, let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Kara. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I'm going to go up to Myrna. Good morning, Myrna. Hi, good morning, Merle. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Good, good, good. Good to see you at the garden center a while ago. So. Yes, I was hunting for fall planting, uh, some perennials, but uh, no luck. There isn't that much left. No, no, there's not a lot left this year. We're sort of right down to the to the bare minimum. <laughs> there's a few things left, some Carl Foresters and and a few uh, lilies and things like that, but not, not tons left this year, which is good. We had a long uh, fall there. Isn't it nice? Pro- that's probably why people like wanted to garden. Yeah, no, it, absolutely. And it was just nice to see so many people. And I hope bulbs stay in and st- stay popular because they're they're great. They they give you that kick off to spring too. Like love people planting their fall bulbs. Like the tulips. I actually planted some this fall, so yeah, I, I look forward to that. But anyways. What I was planning for is before the the winter set in. Uh, and it got cold, our tree was still green. Yep. Like, um, Mark came over um, this summer to look at our tree because it was dying, and he advised us to leave it till next spring next year and see where it's at. But uh, my question is, why is it still so green? Because it was late coming What on? What type of tree is it? I think it was aster. Keto- like Tony aster? Not aster, <laughs> Willow. No, it's a very popular tree. Uh, it has it has seeds that grow in the ground or fall in the ground. It's like, uh, like the, the female ones have have uh, um, have seeds. Is it like a type of maple uh, or green ash, ash? Ash, ash, yes, ash. Green ash. Yeah, they they should. And most of those are should be losing their leaves, and if it's still green, which it like was I said, green, and then all of a sudden yesterday, all the leaves yep. became, fall down, but yep. they were green before the before it got cold. That and that's fine. Um, some of them discontinued on. We haven't had. Uh, like a super cold, we've had that long fall. So some trees, especially if it was a little bit closer to the house, where they're a little bit more sheltered and things like that, they they will tend to hold on a little bit longer. And as long as we didn't get that really really bad cold cold, like the minus fifteen and stuff like that, it'll be fine. So just make sure you water it in really well this fall, and then get Mark in to have a look at it, like he said next spring. And uh, yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, no, and, and Mark's smart though. He just uh, he won't just. 
come in and prune it just for the sake. He he knows what he's doing and and will recommend what's right and what's wrong and and if some stuff should wait a bit, he'll he'll definitely tell you. So okay, that's great to know that uh, that it didn't like die just like that. Yeah, no, no. So obviously leaving it, it, it it had a good season. Maybe it revived itself a bit, and then if Mark needs to do some pruning to it in the spring, and then that'll help out with the growth and structure, and hopefully get it back on the mend. Okay, that's good. Thank you. And uh, since I have said that I have two questions in the beginning, and yeah. the other one is peony, I always prune all my um, regular peonies except for Ito and tree peony. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you can, and it's and it usually won't hurt them per se. I just recommend that people leave a lot of that plant and stuff in the fall so it can just die upon itself. And then Mother Nature helps protect it over the winter, that's all. How about the bug that they say that's why we have to prune the peonies because it's going to get moldy and stuff like that. That's why I... If, if you have powdery mildew and stuff on them, for sure, I would remove that. Definitely. If there's issues um, going on with your peonies, for sure, you can remove... Um, the leaves and things like that. Like any kind of, if you have a bad fungus, definitely do clean up. Actually, thank But if it's nice and healthy, um, I, I leave it. I don't have fungus anymore ever since I've been using that pure spray green. Doesn't it work my, good? My garden is such in a, in a lush all the time. And I also recommend to my friends, my neighbors, everybody. It works good. Like it works as a, that insecticide, and the nice thing is it's a fungicide as well. So it's perfect. That's, yes. Okay. So now I know that if it doesn't have those diseases, I don't have to prune. No, them. it's it's better to let Mother Nature help you out and winterize them for winter. Okay, that's good. Thank awesome. you, Merle, for your advice. Thank you, Myrna. Appreciate it. See Take ya. care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right, and I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me after, i got a few spots open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's Fall Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I did get some dates on the Santa event. Uh, Santa sent me a text. He's going to be, actually, we're here for one weekend, December 5th and 6th. He has us booked in to come down with the reindeer. So we will be doing that event with pictures, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, keep posted to our Facebook, Instagram, and here on the show. And uh, But that is uh, the dates that we're looking at doing for our Santa event. And I'm going to go to the phone line, and we're going to chat with Steve. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? I uh, live in a newer area in the south end of the city. I've been there for about five years, and... <laughs> On and off, I have uh, a bull problem. They keep coming back, yep. chewing up the roots of my lawn, and then they, you know, I try a few home remedies, and they seem to disappear for a little bit, and then they're back. So I can't, I can't figure out how to get rid of these guys. Do, are you getting uh, them throughout really the summer or just more in the winter time? 
and it then you in the winter, but the last few years it's been more of a summer thing. Okay, yeah, because typically they come in the winter, and if we get a snow cover like we did after Christmas, typically last couple of years we've had that snow cover sort of from mid December all the way through. We didn't seem to get many Chinooks, and we yeah. had snow right through, and they love that because it's kind of like a like a parkade. They're underneath there, there's no predators, no one can see them doing their thing. And uh, actually, and I just had a remedy, and I'm not sure if it'll work. Uh, one of the guys said he uses a, a rubber snake. Puts really? a couple of those out. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps the squirrels away and bulls and stuff like no that. Kidding. So, yeah. Um, one thing, um, plant skid is supposed to work. Do you have a green space nearby your place? or? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So just spray the perimeter of your lawn with that plant skid. It's a blood-based... Um, deterrent, and especially oh. if you have rabbits and things like that, it's a, it's a powdered blood thing, and you get it down at spruce, and you mix it with water, and just spray the perimeter of your lawn. Yep. And uh, I I heard that works really quite well. So and it's it's, uh, it's called skid plant skid. Plant skid. Okay, yep. perfect. Thanks. Yep. Uh, I'll give it a try. All right, just uh, okay. just watch. It does have that red tinge to it, so it <laughs> might be good for Halloween. So, uh, there you go. <laughs> And, it's, and it, I'll take it over the, the tracks that are running through my lawn right now. So. Yeah, and, but then if you're using our lawn fertilizer, like the, the screened-up lawn fertilizer, you'll find yep. the recovery rate is, is phenomenal with that, too. So if you do get those tunnels and things like that over the wintertime, when you're using our lawn fertilizer, you'll see the recovery of that is unbelievable. Just, it'll grow right out of it way quicker. So. I'll uh, get tip, too. Okay. Thanks, All right. Carl. Take Appreciate care. It. Bye-bye. All right, and where are we at for time? We got good. I'm going to go up to Maryland, all the way up in Red Deer. Good morning, Maryland. Good morning. How are you up there? Nah, a little bit of snow come down again, but other than that, we're okay. That's good. I always <laughs> love going through Red Deer. So Yes. Um, I had a beautiful begonia plant here this summer, and I decided I was going to try and winter it over. How do I do that? Um, well, you can, just, you can just treat it really like a house plant. Okay. Yeah, I, I would transplant it depending on what size of pot it's in. I would put new soil in. And the thing is, just watch for the powdery mildew or any bugs if you're, when you brought it in. Okay. So pure spray green works really well for that. And just, just treat it like a houseplant. Deadhead it as it blooms, as the blooms get spent. Just yep. deadhead it. It'll keep blooming for you. And uh, yeah, just watch the watering and watch the spider mite. That's all. Okay. So it will. I, I don't have to put it into a dormancy or no, anything like that. No, if you that. want, I, I'm assuming it's just a non-stop or something like. That. But a yes. lot of those can be used as as year-round house plants because um, they're fine. Okay, now, it's not I've worth the effort a lot of times to winter them. Right? You know what I mean? Like the success rate isn't the best, and I'm not sure if it has a bulb. Which kind do you have? So I don't want to see it put it in the basement and it doesn't have a bulb. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, and. Okay, so should I cut it down because it is quite tall? Yeah, you could trim it down, but if it's healthy, just take the parts where it's looking spindly, you know, if it has a couple branches that yeah. are going up. Okay. And just take a little bit off to thicken it up. But for the most part, yeah, just transplant it, treat it like a house plant, and uh, you should be good to go. Oh, fantastic, then. I didn't think it could winter over. Yeah, so, okay, enjoy that's it. wonderful. Yeah, just enjoy it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, you can definitely do that with the begonias because in a lot of areas, um, you'll see like if you're if you're down in Mexico or different places, you'll see a lot of those plants are in our, on a year-round basis, and uh, they don't mind that at all. Let's go to 
Lewis. Good morning, Good Lewis. Good morning, Merle. I enjoy your show. Thank you, and I enjoy doing it. <laughs> okay. I have uh, a mature yard, large fir trees. Yep. And I'm always curious to know what what you consider, A, how when would be the last date to uh, water in, and how much should you give the tree? Well, I, I do water regularly. Yeah, and, and a lot of it is, is trying to water... Um, just a little bit slower and deeper, like especially at this time of year. If you can get some water down into the ground for them, especially as they get bigger, like they just you got to think all that moisture has to get all the way up twenty or thirty feet high, right? Mm-hmm. So, and as they get bigger, they take more and more. So that's why I really like the soaker hoses, the ones that sort of leak out. Yes, I have one. Yeah, yeah. and those were good. And on some of those big trees, like I'll leave it on seven, eight, ten hours. Um, once or twice a week just to get the water into them and especially going into winter and there's not really a set date we kind of more watch the temperature um, if it looks like after this week we have a few bad days but then it looks like we're gonna have some decent days so it doesn't hurt to give them another shot of water and when it warms up on those couple of days even if you could hose them down just because the water, the rain that we had really wasn't a heavy rain to knock the dust and dirt and stuff out of them. So it's always nice if you can hose them down as best you can, just to knock some of the dust and little bugs and all the all the crud out of the out of the needles, if possible. Right, I do that anyway. Awesome. But, okay, so a second, well, a second question. Okay. Uh, they are getting really big and. Uh, they're like the grass underneath. Yep. I've had to reseed it and reseed it. And how, how far up, like if I wanted to take some of the lower branches off, how far up the trunk would you um, recommend? I don't. I don't like going much more than six feet. Oh, no, no problem. Yeah, like on that, and to be honest, I I don't try to fight with the grass. We do have one grass seed um, eco lawn that we sell at the store that will grow underneath spruce trees. Mm -hmm. But it does need extra water to germinate and get going. Um, But I I usually don't try to fight it. What I do is I'll remove the grass from underneath it or or, or cover it with mulch. Right. And then just, just sort of let Mother Nature recreate the forest floor a bit and add to it, add a few big logs, some driftwood, a couple boulders, a couple things underneath there, just to kind of make it look natural instead of trying to fight with the grass because it's, it's not very comfortable to walk underneath there anyways and things like that. So right. Right. that's typically what I recommend if you have big spruce is, is don't fight it. If you can't beat them, join them. Let, let, let them have their uh, let them have their space, and they'll they'll reward you with a long, healthy life as well. So, well, they look healthy and they yeah. grow. They you know lots of uh, new growth. They were yeah. still had new growth on them, like just before this last snow. Yeah, so. but you'll just see a big difference. Like if you just like a foot out from the drip line, um, just cut some of the sod out, make a little trench. And then fill all underneath there with mulch. Like I said, put a couple boulders, uh, maybe a statue or something like that, and uh, and that'll look awesome. Okay. All right. Thank um, you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye-bye. All right. I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Mostly cloudy and minus 8 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. 
Mounties have made a second arrest in connection with the clashes in southwestern Nova Scotia involving hundreds of people at lobster pounds that store indigenous caught lobster. On Friday, a man was charged with assault against the chief of the Sabe Nagandi First Nation. Another man has now been charged with arson in an incident that took place earlier in the week. Strathmore RCMP are investigating a serious collision on Highway 1 that killed one man this morning. Police say two vehicles, a Ford Expedition and a Porsche SUV, collided. Two people were taken, three people rather, were taken to hospital while a passenger and the Expedition was killed. People opposed to Calgary's mask bylaw descended on Chinook Centre Saturday in defiance of the rules. A statement from Cadillac Fairview said security was in contact with local authorities to ensure a safe shopping environment. Global News Sky Tracker weather mainly cloudy with the chance of flurries today, a high of minus six. It's minus eight degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And where am I at? I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Duncan. Good morning, Duncan. Oh, hi. How are you? Good, good. Um, I have an avocado plant downstairs. Okay. Uh, actually, it came up really well. It's in a pot about 12 inches across. Okay. And the pot's about, I don't know, two feet deep. Okay. And it went up, nice green leaves, and then it's going up higher. All the leaves at the bottom turn brown, and the leaves. Then I have a long stick, and then I have some plants of leaves at the top. Yeah, and that's fairly typical with those. Um, as they grow, they're trying to, trying to turn into a bit of a tree, right? Yeah. Um, so if it's really, it, can it hold up itself, or does it need a stake? No, it can hold itself up. Okay. Yeah, I would just continue it on. Um, you might want to pinch the top. If just to thicken it up, if it gets a little spindly on you, feed it with fifteen thirty fifteen, and you should be good to go. Okay, good. Thank you. All right. I can get rid of it. There you go. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye bye. All right. And where are we at here? I'm going to go to John or Gene. Sorry. Good morning, Gene. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? I uh, yes, I would like to grow some different trees. Okay. I I grow a lot of perennials and, and various things that are zone four, and I have great luck. I know this is not supposed to be a zone four, but... No, we are zone... We're a 4A. No. Oh, are in, in, we? Yeah, and especially in that, and you're, you're right in that zone as well, so... Okay. So I've been looking at <laughs> different trees in tree books. Yep. And I'd like something that would have some winter show, and I thought a more cork tree had really interesting bark have you uh, i've heard of it but we haven't got them in and and that's the problem with some of this stuff if it's not popular or if it isn't they're not in production so they're going to be harder to find so oh. that that that's the one issue um that especially when we've had a bit of a downturn in the economy over the past few years before the uh-huh. bef- um, people they tend to go the, the the true like the the ones that you know are going to sell that do well and uh-huh. and the, and especially in the states they had such a big downturn a lot of nurseries were going under so oh. we lost a lot of varieties over the last few years of different stuff mm-hmm. but I'm starting to see especially with 
um, with what COVID, I'm trying to think of some positive things that COVID has done for us. It's brought gardening back into play. And and so we're going to see some different stuff going. I know I've talked to a lot of growers, and they're really trying to get a lot of the fruit. The food is a big topic in yeah. our in our industry, mm-hmm. and and stuff that'll grow here because it, it, it's hard to get um, st- things to grow first of all, but that will actually give you some fruit or yeah. give you some different interest. Well, I've been looking at different fruit trees that are are supposed to be hardy for this area. Yeah, and there's a lot. Like you can grow pears, you can grow super nice apples, um, plums. Yeah, plums. Um, Yeah, there's lots of great pears. Like the John, there's a John pear and a Paul pear. Both those are great for our area. Okay. And they're locally developed. Those are those are two great pears that we sell. What Um, what about apricots? um, They're marginal. You can do Uh, them. I've had success with them. Um, the problem is when we get our early cold falls, yeah. it's really hard on those type of trees. Uh-huh. So um, plums, um, usually not too bad. Um, if you can get them a little bit sheltered area, like on the um, south or west side of your house, yeah. um, a little bit of shelter, just not wide out in the open, and mm-hmm. and then you can have some good success. So. And going from, from that sort of thing, anything that will produce some berries for the birds? Um, one of the really nice ones is uh, starlight. It's an ornamental crab or the gladiator crab. Any of the new ornamental, the starlight is phenomenal. It has tons of little berries that don't drop. They're not messy. And you get really, really nice flowers, white flowers in the spring. And then the flowers kind of turn uh, orangey, yellowy over the winter time. Oh. And the birds love them, and they're they're great. Like well, anything that'll stay on the tree, because yeah, I and that's have what these do. That's that what these do. Spatters that <laughs> little yeah little brutes all over, and then you step in them, and yeah, yeah. that's probably the old dog old crab. Yes, but, it is. <laughs> yeah, no, as soon as people, and that's what I when I see people at the store, I'll mention crab apple, and they look at me with fear, right? Because all they think about is the old dog old <laughs> that that big mosh pit. And (laughs) so uh, I would, I really recommend the starlight. It's gorgeous. And even if you're down at Spruce, if you want to have a look, we have some out in the tree lot right now in Caliper and we have a few in Potted left and you'll see they're just loaded with the little berries for the winter time. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. And still a good time to plant if you want. So um, those are great. I I love those ones. So. Thanks All right. For the information. Yeah, and and always keep an eye. I always try to bring in some different stuff. There's a black walnut that's a good one for our area, and nice really? and hardy. Yeah, and we started producing those again. Black walnut, they get pretty big, don't yeah, they? Take real long time though. There's a big one in the arboretum down at the zoo. Yeah. Uh, at the Cowrie Zoo, and it's uh, gorgeous. But, yeah, they do take a while, but they're slow growers. Like any of that real hardwood, like walnuts, maples, things like that are, um, but there's also like the Ohio Buckeye is a pretty interesting tree. Okay. Because you get the big white blooms, you get the yes. chestnut-looking nuts on them and the big spiky balls, so. Well, I've got um, a couple of burr oak, and I absolutely love them. Yeah, they're gorgeous. Just watch for that wasp thing on them. They get that wasp gull. Oh. And you just cut them off. I actually had a couple of pictures of people send them in to me today. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, they get that. Uh, they look horrible. Early spring people think they look dead, but then as soon as they come out and leaf, they look awesome, right? And they're kind of ornate looking. Once they get a little bit bigger, they're they're quite quite unique tree. I love them. Yeah. Well, I remember when I planted them, I was told, "Oh, they grow so slow. By the time you're dead, they they won't even be as tall as you." Well, yep. they're way up. There. Yeah, if they're loved, they'll they'll give you something back. Oh, obviously, I love them because they're getting big. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you, Merle. Uh, all right, great chatting, and we'll uh, talk soon. And if you want to come look at those trees, they're in the tree lot now. So, okay. All right, take care. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, and I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and I'm going to go to Strathmore. Good morning, Kim. Hey, how are you doing? Good, how are you doing? How can I help you? A question. I'm so glad that you mentioned the raking of the leaves off of the grass and into the beds. Yeah. Um, one other question. I, I've got a girlfriend, and she's planted about a two-gallon um, hybrid rose along the um, south side of the house and she got profusely five or six different blossoms off it this summer so it's new um, so it's about 12 inches from the south-facing house the foundation because that's a sheltered area and she's uh, gone and um, invested in one of the, the rose tents and I said, well, the key is to make sure that it's well-established, it's well-watered in, yep. and then using those leaves that have fallen from your apple trees, create a little um, home for it. So Yeah, you can insulation. fill that up with, with uh, pile leaves all around it and then put the, either a cardboard box, like a wax-covered cardboard box or one of those styrofoam rose tents over top of yep. it. Yeah. And then just trim the branches so it'll come, if it can fit in there. If it's too big, you can just trim off some of the branches. So you wouldn't trim it below six inches at all? Uh, no, no, not at all. Never. Okay. Thank you. And you should pour some water on it because we do that freeze and thaw thing throughout the season. Yeah, no, do that watered in well before you put the leaves on it. Yeah. And right now when we're not getting the super warm temperatures, these are great times just to water everything in the, them and your perennials and just get everything watered in for winter. Okay. And mulch it over, and then you're just good to go. I can, can I ask one more question? Sure. Okay. So when I trimmed down my lilac hedge this last year, and the front, which is the south-facing, they come back. They've got leaves on them the size of banana leaves. So it's a different variety. It's an older variety. Yeah, it's lilac. probably that old Velocia. Yeah, yeah. But towards the um, west-facing, and I mean, this hedge is going to be about 30 years old, and I finally gave yep. it a haircut. And so towards the end of that, that south run, I've got two lilacs that shed their leaves probably about three or four weeks earlier than the other on that same south facing, and they look like they're dead. I yeah. mean, I'm talking three or four weeks ago. So it's in, I think, hibernation stage. But why would only two of those same lilacs 
Um, they're Mother Nature. They don't follow all the rules. Like sometimes they're just maybe they got a little cold snap through there or something, or were a little bit drier on that side. And then they, because you said it was on the south side, they could have been running drier. And then they just, if they get dry, they just shed their leaves earlier. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. Yeah, they should be fine. Like lilacs are hard to hard to kill. Just give them a good shot of water here before winter, and yeah. you should be good to go. Thanks, okay, Kim. Okay. Thank you much, Lee. Take Enjoy care. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye bye. All right. Well, I got a bit of time. I can take one more before I take a break. We're going to Laura. Good morning, Laura. Lara. Hi. Hi. Good morning, Meryl. Love your show. Thank you so much. How can I help you? <laughs> Uh, quick question. I purchased a brand new four inch palm uh, plant, yep. and I believe, I'm assuming it was spider mites with the cobwebs. So, yesterday I immediately threw it out and sprayed a solution of rubbing alcohol and I think it was peppermint essential oils all around the uh, carpet where it was sitting on the floor and washed out. Um, the containers that I had watered it in. Yeah. And is there any other residual treatment you can No, recommend? I, I um, that probably should do it. Um, on a four-inch plot, there's probably not tons on it, so it's probably okay. But one thing, the the palms are fairly susceptible to spider mites, especially at this time of year when the, when it's getting dry. Um, so another a good way to treat it, though, is pure spray green. You just put them in the sink, give them a shot of the pure spray green, and that really gets rid of those spider mites quite quickly. Thank you. I was mortified it would spread to two other new um, spider plants yeah. <laughs> that I did not see any. I, I find two the other yeah. uh, no, and that's always good. It's good to isolate them. Just no different than COVID. <laughs> if it gets it, it's better to, to isolate those ones, spray them. But on some that small, it's easy to isolate too. So next time, maybe just isolate it, get yourself some pure spray green, and then just, and you treat it. And then you treat it sort of five days, like today, then again in five days, then again in five days. And that usually clears it up quite nicely and then just hose it off really good like when i before i spray the pure spray green i just hose them off with the underneath the tap or something or if i am able to hose them down i'll hose off a lot of the stuff first outside if possible obviously in the winter it's harder to do but if you have a little sprayer on your sink where you can hose the leaves off um that helps doing that way I didn't have an opportunity to take a photo and send it into uh, no for a definitive diagnosis. I just turfed it, but so yep. there shouldn't be any other spider mites. No, you should be fine. Just keep an eye on them. But this time of year is typically when they get going again. So, One other quick question. Sure. Uh, just repotted a clivia. Um, I'm not sure if I'm saying it correctly, a kaffir lily. Yeah. Four hours later, five 12-inch pots later, it was completely root-bound in 10 years and bloomed like <laughs> every other month. But um, I watered it before I pulled the original out of the pot, separated all the root-bound roots into the five other plants. Um, when should I water it again? I, if you haven't watered it since you transplanted it, I would water it now um, just to give it the water and then get it onto a regular cycle from there. I usually water the 12-inch pots once a month. Yeah, um, but if you put new soil and stuff in there, I would I would water them all once now and then get them onto the regular cycle. Okay, thank you so very much. All right, thank you, and have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well. Bye. All right, and I'm going to take my last break of the show. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to do a couple of quick texts. We have a 200-foot hedge of Ketoniasters that we just cut down. They were full of fire blight. What other hedges do you recommend as a replacement? One of my favorite hedges is actually the Nine Bark. They make a great hedge. They love being pruned. You get nice flowers. Um, they can get in that four to six feet, no problem. And they, and actually, they like being trimmed up. So they're a, they're a great hedge. Um, also, if you're if you're not looking the one that you'll prune, um, any of the hydrangeas put in a row make a beautiful hedge. Then you get the blooms all summer long. Um, those make a great hedge. You could either use Annabelle or or any of the quick fire type ones as well. So get creative with that. Um, like I said, there's a few shrubs, but if you're looking for that trimmed shaped hedge, any of the nine barks work really well. Uh, but if you're looking just for a, a barrier, or a really nice hedge, um, the lilac, or not the lilac, the, actually the dwarf Korean lilac works well as well. But the hydrangea is a, is a, is a great hedge to use, um, great plant material to use as a hedge. And getting all excited there about my nine bark hedge. <laughs> all right, let's go to Fred. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? What I'm calling about is before I turn over the vegetable garden area, yep. why shouldn't I just spread fresh grass cuttings over it? Not, no, at this time of year, you can do that for sure. Mix it into the garden. It won't hurt it. Um, it'll just turn into compost. Yeah, that's what I thought, but the boss thought otherwise, so I didn't do it. You know, okay. you could definitely do it. This, you don't want to put piles and piles, but if it's just your last batch of, of trimmings in there, it, right. it's not going to hurt nothing. So, Okay. All right. You're good to Thanks. go. Thanks, Bye. Fred. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to Keith. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. How can I help you? I have a question about how to save carrot seeds. <laughs> All right. And I left some carrots in the... I have a raised garden, so I left about half a dozen in, hoping they'll come back next spring. Yeah. And I know you have to save them till the fall again. Will those carrots come back that are left in the ground? Um, or how do I go about it? I'm, I, I haven't really heard many people trying that here with any success. Yeah. Um, so typically, no. Typically, leave, people leave them in a bit in the fall here to get them sweeter. I do that, yeah. Yeah, so you get the coldness, and then that helps uh, get the, the get the sweetness of the fr- of right. the of the root in there. But yeah. I haven't heard to leave them in to have them come back. I would. Why don't you try a small batch? Well, I'm going to try a couple of ideas. Yeah. And I, I left six in, and I covered them with you know dirt and stuff. Yeah. And then I see. Well, I have some that I store all winter. I'm going to put one back in the ground in the spring. Yeah. But the only thing is, you know how carrots, they, they need that, they, they're a tiny little seed, right? Yes. And and they need to be spread out and thinned out. So if you leave one in there, I'm not too sure what it's going to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like a, a seed potato where it's going to grow a whole bunch out from it. Like, it needs to go to seed on the top, and then you collect the seeds off it. Yeah, because yeah. we save all our other seeds, well, more so this year than ever. Just because they were quite a shortage in the spring, right? Yeah. So we just kind of experimented, saved radish. We have always saved beans and squash and that. But I wanted to try the carrots more of an experiment than anything. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, and please call me back and let me know how it goes. I and always like to hear with uh, different experiments of what people are doing. So thanks. And I have one more question. Yes, sir. 
I have a greenhouse that had about 14 tomatoes and two cucumber plants. They died, or I think they produced, cucumbers never produced at all, <clears throat> excuse me, and the tomatoes produced okay, but they died, they turned all brown about end of August, where outside I had one cucumber plant that produced nonstop. Do you, do you have airflow in that greenhouse? Oh, I have, it's like a Quonset type. Yeah. And it, a tarp, a special tarp I get out of Winnipeg, and then door at each end. Okay, and, and the tarp, did it let sunlight through? Oh, yeah, it's actually specially made for... Okay, so it's uh, like a greenhouse. Okay. Yeah, because sometimes on that, it just sounds like you got a mold in there. Like when they go, um, like a fungus of some sort that got in there. Because usually when they go brown like that, it's just either inconsistent watering or they get a a fungus or something going through there. Inconsistent watering, but it could be a fungus. Yeah. Because outside, I pulled the tomatoes... October twelfth, and it was still green leaves. Yeah, no, I'm saying I like our tomatoes did phenomenal this year. I never had so many, so exactly. But the ones just kind of baffled that the ones. Yeah, inside, I would say probably got a fungus of some sort. So I should change the soil. Out. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Sounds thanks, good. Keith. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. All right, and and uh, Heather and. Shock, I will get back to you guys. I'll take you off air, but uh, and I'll try and do a few more texts. But until next week, uh, where we'll get our garden on right here on 770 CHQR.